and welcome to 8Tracks, the show where we look at 8Tracks that share a theme. As always, I'm joined by Katie. How are you doing, Katie? Hi, I'm looking good and feeling gorgeous. How are you? I am alright, thanks. As always, we want you to follow along with the playlist provided in the description, so when we see track one, go listen to track one. Or just listen to them all before. We just want you to have heard the songs before you listen. This week, we're talking about The Wall of Noise, which I realise yes. now is a bit of a nebulous term. And after doing a big Wikipedia search to see if I could define it any better. No, no, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. It's fine. I realise we're not talking about Phil Spector's wall of sound, sound production style. We're talking about noise music. And our favourite noise music tracks. Our favourite noisy boys and girls. And those who do not identify with the binary spectrum of gender. Yes. Just toddlers bashing pans. (laughs) That's all this episode's going to be pretty much hell and also yeah <laughs> uh, how have you been over the last couple of weeks katie yeah completely fine i just bought a kilogram of white chocolate and i'm about 15 minutes away from a panic attack but i'm doing just fine <laughs> lockdown's still treating you well then <laughs> so even for me the chocolate isn't even for me the panic attack is though <laughs> well that's the better of the two to inherit yeah. i guess I'm not a big white chocolate yeah, fan myself. I'd rather have a panic attack. I hate this stuff. Let's have a panic attack. Whoa! You know what I was thinking about the other day, actually? That I haven't had in ages. Tell me. White chocolate mice. I don't know if I'd like them anymore. Right. I, the last time I was at New Lanark, I had them because New Lanark has an old-fashioned sweetie shop oh, and nice. they suck. Oh, not so nice. Yeah, they taste like eating a candle. <laughs> Tasty candle, though. Shaped like a small... No, no. Just, just no, a... not tasty. What candle would it taste like eating? Specifically? Oh, are we going Yankee, or do you like do you I want it to be more nebulous? No, like give give me give me an exact flavor of Yankee candle, scent of Yankee candle, okay. flavor of Yankee candle. Fucking hell! I feel like it would be like eating the vanilla cupcake scented Yankee candle. Excellent. Right, ramble over. I'm first up this week. Yes, do it. I've chosen "I Quit Girls" by Japan Droids. Track one. One, two, three, four. So that was I Quit Girls by Japan Droids. Yes, it was. When I said, let's make a podcast about Wall of Sound, I then had to think about what the fuck I meant by Wall of Sound. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's hard to define. I think it's the use of dissonant tones and layering of instruments to create a physical wall of music, you know, like a literal wall for me, anyway. And that song kind of takes elements from drone music, where, you know, it repeats the same riff throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that that makes a wall of sound. Yeah. What did you think of that track, Katie? I really like it. I was sitting in my car last night trying to work out if I actually knew any noise rock. Yeah. And it's something that I really, really struggle with. Like, I think from hearing this, I'm really worried about how differently we've interpreted noise rock. That's fine. We both get a different say. I think this is the one that I was most worried about being actually noise rock. Really? Because this is, I feel very confident that this is noise rock. Ah, well, this one and my next one are the two that I was most worried about. Um, Okay. I feel very confident that you've made like a really good pick for something that creates a wall of noise. Mm. But I really find it impressive that it's only two guys as well. 
Mm. It's a guitarist oh, really? slash vocalist and a drummer slash vocalist. Wow. Really does have a presence for only being mm. two members. Like, and it's rare you see a band do that successfully. Like Royal Blood does it as well, but yeah, Japan Droids seem to really have a presence with this. Yeah, totally. I'm looking at the comments on YouTube videos. People are making like Deftones comparisons, and obviously that's a four or five person band. Um, with the mm. basis and stuff to add to the, like, the layering and stuff, where that is just a boy with a guitar. Mm. And I assume what is a beasting effects board. Yeah, oh, he's probably got at least three pedals on there, Jamie, those, at least. That sounds about six to me, if I'm being honest. Or he's got one of these really I fancy was, handmade ones. I was being incredibly sarcastic. I don't know how many pedals there are there. I don't even know how a guitar works. Well, I, I was kind of being facetious, if I'm being honest. I don't know how many I pedals he has either. He just definitely has some on it. Yeah, several. I don't think that song gets too repetitive. No. Um, I know it's the same sequence, and it's like even the same lyrics repeated. Mm. But I find that I still think it's engaging throughout the whole thing. Because mm. I have a real thing, and it happens. I like prog and I like noise rock, and a lot of that can drag on for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I have a real thing about songs outstaying their welcome. So I'm mm-hmm. such a big fan of punk and shorter music in general. But I, like, yeah. I, I always find it impressive when a song doesn't really change all that much. You know, it's five minutes long and still mm-hmm. stays fresh. I love that guitar riff as well. There's something about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a keyboard in there as well? Like a like no. something like a... No? No, it's a guitar and drums. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just he's got... um, I think he's got quite a lot of... Well, he's obviously got quite a lot of distortion, but he's got some chorus mm-hmm. back in, uh, back in the up as well, and I would assume a tiny wee bit of delay. Mm. And I don't know, I can't recognise other pedals. See, that's the thing with pedal like guitarists that use a lot of pedals. It's hard to define what exactly they're doing to get that sound. But yeah, he's using a fair few pedals to achieve that sound. Yeah, I think he's got a Digitech Whammy in there as well to maybe mirror okay. a, a higher pitch. So a Digitech right, okay. Whammy basically takes what you're playing and shifts mm-hmm. it an octave up or below, or two octaves up or two octaves below. Right. But you can have it, this is boring guitar chat, but you can have it going for two outputs. So it plays your normal output, so your normal, what mm-hmm. your sounds like in your guitar, and one that's playing like any interval above or below. So I think he's got okay. a Digitech Whammy playing one, two octaves above to get that high pitch noise to mirror the guitar. Mm-hmm throughout that right rambles about the guitars sorry yes guitars have strings yes six you might have been using Thank a seven you. string or an eight string though oh what have i done shot <laughs> i doubt it i doubt it that's that's some heavy new metal shit eight string guitars please don't, please don't. i can't emotionally deal with us <laughs> i love when the drums kick in as well right at the end mm. really takes it to a fucking new place and a really yeah. really feel up my gut i'm like yes yeah the thing i think that makes wall of noise or wall of sound thus is a kind of aspect of impenetrability to the music because i guess you could see like Um, this whole list is on our hard cells list as well yeah kind of yeah um i would certainly say a lot of mine are i meant impenetrability and not in the sense of getting into the music but in the kind of I don't know, I feel like Wall of Sound should create something that feels like an actual wall. There'll mm. be a song later, and I'll I'll explain this a bit better when I'm talking about it, but it should create the musical equivalent of, like, 
walking into a wall. Yeah. I think that I Quit Girls captures that. Very much so, yeah. Thank you, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying I agree. Yes. I concur. I agree with your agreement. Excellent. We're all in agreement here. Yes. <laughs> Forsooth. Yay, what is that? Is that the next track? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the next pick's my pick. Tell us all about it. No. Great. Uh-huh. Just kidding. <laughs> Great. <laughs> My next pick is Afterglow by A Sudden Burst of Colour. The Garage Barrage Edition. Or the Garage Barrage. Track two. Right, so I don't know what noise rock is, clearly. <laughs> I disagree. I think that's noise music as well. I really hope so. Because the more I look at my list, the more I'm like, I've just picked post-rock and been like, fuck it. There is a big crossover between post-rock and noise rock. Yeah, I hope so. I hope everyone agrees. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I found that noise rock enough. Yeah. dissonant sounds. It yeah, creates I face a wall. A lot of, it, very much so. There is a wall. It mm. is composed of noise. Mm. Not bricks. The best kind of wall. Yeah. Keeps you safe from the very much so. Absolutely. I feel like a lot of my picks have been based on bands that I've seen live mm. and felt kind of like intimidated by a wall of noise. So where did you see these guys then? I think I saw them in Block many, many moons ago. A sudden burst of colour are from Motherwell, I believe. We can't all um, be perfect. Yeah. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah I just think they're I think they do really nice things with layering sound and contrary to a lot of other kind of post-rock bands I like they play a lot of clean music what do you mean by that? So the, the guitars sound really clean mm. Mm. compared to say like Mogwai or you know Godspeed you Black Emperor where the distortion is like right up to 11 like yeah, I, I, I agree and i disagree with that yeah because that guitar was it still had like a, a layer of distortion on it not very much but like it was muddy as fuck with chorus yeah, no i i agree i just mean in general i don't mean mm. in that specific track but yeah they they play quite a nice clean guitar a lot of the time this is not a great example of that apparently but they are really good. They're a really good bands, and I really like the wall of noise effect that they use. Mm. Didn't realize this song had a uh, two hand tapping in it. Yeah, yeah, right at the start. That gave me a big yeah, like American football vibes. Oh yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of "I'll See You When We're Both Not So Emotional." I think that's all. Okay. That's it off their first album. Right, uh, right. Very similar, but the American football one's less distorted. Yeah, yeah. I liked it as well. And yeah. I don't think it would have worked with a vocalist, so I'm glad they didn't no. have that. Oh. They don't. They don't. There's, there's no, there's no lyrics in any of their songs. What's there. the old adage? Mu- lyrics are just a trick to get you to listen to the music for longer. Is it really? Yeah, that's that's an old you adage. Learn, you learn something new every single day. It would seem. Yeah, I don't think their stuff would work with a vocalist. Mm. But the guitars take up the melody lines really nicely. Yeah, I think it's really pretty music as well. Yeah, it certainly does have an aesthetic to it, and a good one at Very that. much so. Yeah. I just, I think they're a really cool band, and I really like the wall of noise that they create, which is why I picked them for that. 
Yeah, you've done a really good job of picking Scottish bands as well. My picks now all feel kind of like baby's first noise music compared to like you've gone uh, for no. like local bands. No, like when I was growing up, I was really, really lucky in that I got into music just at the right time. I would listen to Jim Gellatley's radio show on XFM mm. when I was lying in bed at night when I was like a teenager. Mm. So there were loads of bands that I got exposed to that I feel that I might not have otherwise ever come into contact with. Like Pop Up in the 1990s, Kid Canaveral, mm. Frightened Rabbit as well. And some of them have gone on to do, you know, huge things, like really, really big things, like support the fucking cure. Yeah. And then others have gone on to die quietly. Yeah, which is sad for them, I guess. But A Sudden Burst of Colour were one of those bands that I think I heard about through Jim Galilee. I bought their first EP. This song's from their first EP, which I bought a billion moons ago off Bandcamp. And I, it's one of those, I listen to a lot of post-rock when I'm working. Yeah. Because I can't have music with lyrics playing while I'm trying to write. Mm-hmm. It's distracting. So, very much so. Because I always end up accidentally typing the lyrics out. <laughs> So I'll just be writing an article and then all of a sudden I'll have like lyrics in the middle of it. And I'm like, hold on a minute. No, I didn't put those there. But yeah, I always, you know, I go between like Mogwai, Explosions in the Sky, A Sudden Burst of Colour, mm. bands like that, soundtracks as well when I'm working. And I really like listening to A Sudden Burst of Colour when I'm trying to work. What um, radio station was Jim Galilee on? XFM, babe. Ah, see, I didn't listen to much radio growing up, and I think I missed out on some of the scene not living in Glasgow. Uh-huh. My, my exposure to new music mostly came from folk older than me, like family right, members, okay. like cousins, being like, Do, are you into this? And so my kind of knowledge of like local or younger bands is limited. It has been yeah, for quite yeah. a long time. It's gotten better over the years, especially when I moved to Glasgow. And sort of going to like weird gigs, just going to yeah. like thirteenth note and seeing who's playing, or like you know block or whatever. But I yeah, I kind of I'm envious of the fact that you had that growing up and got to experience yeah. bands like this at a younger age. It's something I'm I'm really blessed to have because places like Block they've just put on shit for free in like a fiver. So mm. I'd finish up at college, or finish up. I was at Stirling Uni for a couple of years, so I'd finish up at that, just go straight into the town. Yeah. pay a fiver and sit in block all night and just listen to tunes mm. so because block was open till 3 a.m they had music on till one yeah so you'd sit there listen to music have a pizza and then go home it's good shit and it was oh it was so good pizza and block's really good highly recommend their food's really nice their iron brew pulled pork is really good i could say the same in the 13th note as well like their food yeah no so absolutely and yeah cheap gigs. and i again yeah i saw a lot of bands in the 13th note broadcast sleazies places like that yeah oh, broadcast is fantastic so good so good I've seen, yeah i've seen some really like good weird music and even the garage mm, mm. so yeah, yeah i'm jealous of that because kinda... edinburgh venues don't have that there's not yeah that level that like you, you know you have your bannermans and you have like mm. oh, fucking whistle binkies and yeah there's like a few small ones but there's none as good as you know, the strip of broadcast sleazies, the garage, yeah. <laughs> you know, all on Sockey Hall Street. Yeah. And then you used to have the ABC there as well. God rest its soul. R.I.P. Rest in power. That disco ball. Oh. But I, again, it wasn't just that. So there were periods of my life as well where I was going to see a band 
like a bigger band you know like maybe three or four times a month so I was young and hopeful so I'd go for the support acts as well yeah and you'd you'd see some cracking bands supporting like bigger bands as well like I got into the Manchester Orchestra when I went to see Beckett Clyro and stuff like that and yeah really really good support bands as well I always used to stick around the, for the supports. I used to, but now now that I'm old and I like to sit down, I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to go for the main act and then go to the bar and then die in the car. That's it, that's it. Yeah. Don't even drink at gigs anymore. I just have a water. A Coca-Cola if you're feeling feisty. Yeah, if we're, if we're just on the right side of payday. <laughs> right. Are you all ready for some emo? I was born unready. Unsurprisingly, more emo from me. It's fat by Archers of Love. So mind how I said I hate songs that outstay their welcome? Yeah. <laughs> That's a prime <laughs> example of that. A minute and ten. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I, we didn't even speak that whole time and I was just like, oh my god, is that done? Yeah, blinking is over. Yeah, I was worried about this one being noise rock as well, but then I did look on the Wikipedia and Wikipedia has my back. Thank you, Wiki. Always there for me. Best friend for life. Always default to the Wikipedia, Jamie. <laughs> no, I love this song. I think this was in our Spotify job. So was the Japan Droids track that I got recommended right. just over the years. But it's so emotional and I just love it. It's all distorted yeah. noises. I love that guitar riff. And then it does my favourite little trick of using a minute, like a couple seconds of silence to drag you back you into like the track. That. Aye, that's good shit. You do, you do love a wee bit of quiet. The rest of the album... Ecky Metal doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily sound like this. It's a lot more kind of okay. traditionally song structured. Like this gives me a bit of um, cap and jazz vibes. Very much so. Yeah, I get that too. Do you find this any more listenable? Because I know you hate cap and jazz. Um, I hate cap and jazz because the lead singer sounds like somebody attacking a guitar with a circular saw. Yeah. So what do you um, think of Archer's So the Wolf? answer to that, I, I like this better, but I still don't like it. Thank no. you for coming to my TED talk. What don't you no, like I'm about afraid it? No, it's not. I don't like emo music, Jamie. <laughs> You're just not emotional. Nah, I'm not. Like, I'm on too many antidepressants to be emotional. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. You just can't feel it, Katie. Yeah, I don't. I don't have feelings. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, I I love the way the guitar sound in this. Yeah, I love. That. There's something about that kind of the high bends in it that are just. Oh. Like I've I've literally stolen big bits of a lot of emo music for this track I've been working on for more than two months now and this is one of the bigger things i think i've now listening to i've been like oh shit i've just stolen that <laughs> not exactly but you know what i mean i've stolen ideas from it you've not stolen it you've reappropriated it i feel like that song absolutely conveys an emotion and delivers it well i find i've realized i picked this and it's really hard to talk about because it's very short extremely short yeah like uh, the instrumentation is really cool i love the vocals mm-hmm. It's all very, again, to say for the 15th time since this like section started a minute and a half ago, emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very self-destructive track, if you get what I mean. Uh-huh. It feels I like... get what you mean. Yeah. And yeah, I like the screaming and I like the music. And I do think it's a wall of noise. Yeah, totally. The amount of dissonance in it. Mm. The, it is just an impressive layer of music that just fucking yeah. hits you. I think that's what actually drew me to it in the first place because I wasn't really into noise music at that point. 
I was in my punk oh, yeah. and stuff like that, I, but I hadn't discovered bands like because I got recommended this on Spotify, I think, in like twenty fourteen. So uh-huh. I hadn't discovered like my only kind of thing was uh, maybe uh, the next couple bands that I'm going to talk about were my only kind of noise music things. But I hadn't discovered bands like Husker Du or uh-huh. you know stuff like that. Yeah, which this is clearly very much inspired by. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really discovered emo or like screamo as a genre, mm. and this song hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, this is fucking incredible. I've never heard anything mm. like this. So this was the moment that I turned full emo. Oh my god, like, did you listen to this and then you took your headphones off and all of a sudden you had a big swept over fringe and you were wearing like a stripy sweatband? To be fair, I already probably had the swept over fringe. You've you've seen the state of my hair for <laughs> years now. Yeah, um, but that's also that's also to do with the fact that we can't we can't be friends with hairdressers anymore. Yeah, not at the moment. <sighs> yeah. Give it an hour, was it 13 days when we get a haircut again? I don't know, but I'm, I'm desperate for somebody who's trained in scissors to come near me. Yeah, my mom keeps offering to cut my hair and I'm like, no, fuck right off. I'll cut your hair. No, that would be so funny. I've seen what you do to your fringe. Not a I'll, I'll shave, I will shave a Nike tack into the back of your dome. Like I did to you last time. I wish you had done that. That would have been amazing. I, I would be three stripes though. I would want three stripes to my undercut. Because you're you know? a massive sway. Um, um, do you know what? Embrace the chaos. <laughs> Embrace the Davis. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie, did you just sing the song of my people? <laughs> if you, on a dark night, and you're feeling lonely, if you just shout, <laughs> and this guy, Katie, will appear out of nowhere. Her and Jonathan Davis. I was going to say, if you do that in the mirror three times, Jonathan Davis will appear and sing the theme from Silent Hill at you. <laughs> You'll sing, bitch, we got a problem. Don't know why that was the only fucking corn song I could think of. God only knows. No, they've never done that song. Although I would pay to hear it. Imagine a corn cover of God only knows. I'm trying, that's why I was silent. I mean, I always know you. I, I dislike this. I could keep going, but I'm not going to subject people to this. Katie, tell yes. us what your next song is. Nobody is going to be surprised to find out that my next song is Talking with Fireworks by The Twilight Sad. Track so that was National Treasure, The Twilight Sad, with Talking with Fireworks and Here It Never Snowed. Surprise, surprise, Katie's picked another sad song. I know, I'm sorry. It's alright. Like, this is perfect for noise rock, though. When you're like, I'm not sure this is a wall of noise, and then suddenly I had to fucking turn it down at the start because it was hit my ears that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big, it's a big boy, it's a big boy. It's a big beefy boy. It's, it's a very beefy boy. Obviously, Twilight Sad's first album, Fourteen Autumns and Fifteen Winters, was influenced by Phil Spector, and you can hear it here. If you go on Wikipedia, you can find out the language the album is in is Scottish English. Oh. Yeah, like I said earlier, a lot of my picks kind of came from how I felt when I saw these songs being performed live. I cannot remember the first time I saw the Twilight Sad do Talking With Fireworks live, but I can't remember that every single time I have ever seen it be performed, it feels like being hit in the face with a skillet. really does. A fair few of the tracks off of 14 Autumns and 15 Winters sound like this. Yeah. For me, a wall of noise is a feeling. Like I know how I know how silly that sounds. It really no, but you know in your gut it when really it's does. It. Yeah, but like see that episode of The Simpsons where Millhouse is playing that video game. What's it called? Bone Storm. Bone Storm. Yes. Welcome, Thrill yeah. House. And it's Thrill How. Thrill How. Thrill How. 
there's no E on Thrill House, but he's getting blasted back in the chair. Yeah, that's Wall of Noise. Yeah, that's that's what I feel like Wall of Noise is. That image of Millhouse getting blasted in the chair by the video game. It's that and Shoegaze that that image conveys for me. Yeah. Yeah, and Shoegaze and Wall of Noise kind of mixed together. There is an overlap. That image, for some reason, always conjures Kaleidoscope by Ringo Death Star for me. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird, I like that. Someone I know described that as listening to The Cure in a Wind Tunnel. And I think that image conveys that. Yeah, very much so. I get that. I get that. Twilight Sad. Yeah, I just, I really like the droning aspect of it, but still quite high and light. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Um, they're layering guitars, like tremolo picking, then that's what's really giving that wall of noise. Then the kind of militaristic drum beat that dun, 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 dun. Yeah, totally. Really is an assault on the senses. Mm. I think the Twilight Sad give a lot of credit to. James Graham, who's the lead singer, mm. for his lyrics and his vocals, which are probably my favourite thing about the sad, but Andy McFarlane doesn't get enough credit. He's the guitarist, but yeah. he also produces... He produced, I think, the first couple of albums, but he's always got a hand in it kind of thing. Yeah. And I think his production is really, really good. Yeah, I think he's got a really interesting ear for music. I think the Twilight Sad always just sound really good and they always like the music always sounds like it's hitting you in the face um, my thing with Twilight Sad is it feels so familiar but so distant it's very ethereal but very familiar yeah. especially with 14 Autumns and 15 Winters the vocal melodies all feel like they're ingrained in my fucking soul and I only like yeah. heard that album for, like for the first time like five years ago I came to Twilight Sad really late but every single one of them spoke to me on like a spiritual level as yeah, a Scottish totally. person I don't know it feels yeah. very homely to me Maybe it touches of being like chest instead of chest and, you know, stuff like that. Sorry, you were going to say. No, not at all. Yeah, I think I've said this like several times before because I'm never finished talking about the Twilight Sads because I'm that boring bastard. But like I grew up not far from where they're from and I, you know, see a lot of the same sites they probably did when they were writing this album. They're from Colsaith and from Lindsay, which is kind of a couple of towns over. And this album sounds to me the way the Campsy Basin looks. Mm. I know it's a really silly thing to say. No, it's not. But it's got that kind of that sweeping aspect to it. Like it, I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but the fourteen autumns and fifteen winters sounds to me the way that the view outside my window looks. And you can't see outside my window, so that's really fucking hard for you to envisage, There's right? Some nice hills, really. Just ima- yeah, just imagine some rolling glens, you know, a lot of a lot of hills that appear to be quite small, but then you actually get up them and you're like, oh my god, what have I done? Yeah, it feels like home. Even as someone who didn't grow up near that, I grew up in coast. Their music yeah. is homely to me as well. Yeah. I think even think though it, yeah. they weren't, you know, living near me when they wrote this, their songs are so broadly applicable to growing up in Scotland. Yeah, totally. And th- I there's just... something in the feeling of it. Yeah, it's it's really it's difficult to explain the kind of feeling that the Twilight Sad, especially early Twilight Sad, especially yeah, yeah. this and he that never snowed and the Kill My Parents EP and even Forget the Night Ahead. I was gonna say Forget the Night Ahead keeps that very yeah. traditional Scottish melody. I don't understand like I say traditional, but it, you know it's it's obviously not ripped from like Kaylee music or anything like that or like Scottish oh. folk, but like it feels 
like Scotland to me. It's the same feeling I get when I listen to the first Arab Strap album. Yeah, yeah, that feels like Scotland. It's the same feeling I get when I listen to Black and Sky by Biffy Clyro. Or yeah. Travis. What was the Travis one? The Man Who. The Man Who by Travis. Or Big Country by Big Country. I don't like Big Country. That's, that's right, my okay. take. That's your issue and you have to deal with that separately. But Big Country sounds like Scotland. Don't know if I agree with that. But... We'll move on. Delamitri. Delamitri, yes. We're now I just naming Scottish bands. We're now oh, just fucking naming Scottish bands. Delamitri sounds like Scotland. It does and it doesn't. They come under the orange juice category for me where it sounds like city Scotland. It doesn't sound like... Yeah, yeah. doesn't sound like, you know... Which I feel is a little bit put on, if you get what I mean. It's honest and in yeah. some way, but for me, it's not relatable. Yeah, I, I, I say that I grew up in yeah. Edinburgh, but like I, like you know, I'm from Portobello, which is the outskirts, so it doesn't actually yeah. feel like Edinburgh. Yeah, especially back then, when it wasn't so fucking painfully middle class and mm. you know disgusting. Start another podcast about gentrification, Jim. Oh God, I'm living in Leith. I know what fucking gentrification is. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, I think the Twilight Sad sounds like Scotland, and I think that big. A wall of noise feels like the rain. <laughs> yeah, it does have like a rainy effect to it. Yeah, rolling mist. I could talk about this for years, so we should probably move on before everyone yeah, dies of boredom. What's next, Jamie? Next up, we have probably my first interaction with noise rock. No More Sorry by My Bloody Valentine. That might have been the hardest lesson of this week. It may well have been, Jamie. Just with how dissonant and, you know, the topic of abuse. It's not a light song. No. In the slightest. But I think, isn't anything, specifically, was my introduction to shoegaze and noise rock. I hadn't heard anything like that. And I think my cousin Simon showed me my bloody valentine. And I fell in love with this album immediately. Mm -hmm. And that track is one of the most powerful pieces of music I've ever heard. Mm. It's not one I listen to a lot but it certainly is affecting. I really like the dissonance between the vocals and the the wall of noise. Because the vocals are almost soothing, mm. but the wall of noise is so harsh, because it's all tremolo picked and all the instruments. Mm-hmm. The drums are just kind of splashing about. Yeah. Like, throughout the verses anyway, and then there's these moments of calm and, like, a tiny mm. wee bit of silence, and then it kicks back in. It really does feel like you've been dragged through the ringer. Mm, totally. What album is that from? This is off their debut album, isn't anything. Right, okay. Which I actually prefer to Loveless. I like Loveless a lot, but... Right. I, I'll, for some reason, I think because I heard it isn't anything first, I connect more to it. Mm. And definitely went back to it more. I was always more into Loveless. Yeah, yeah, I like Loveless too. It's a good album, but the, it has like tracks like this, and I can see it, but I can't feel it. And when you wake, you're still in a dream and soft the snow, but warm inside, which I can't, you know, they're just some of my favourite My Bloody Valentine tracks. Yeah. I will say, though, that Only Shallow and Loveless is probably my favourite My Bloody Valentine song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I thought there was no My Bloody Valentine track that fit the description of noise rock more than No More Sorry. Okay. Because it is just noise. It's a wall of sound, Mm. you know. Yeah, totally. And it's harsh and it's abrasive, mm. but there's something beautiful about it. Very much so, yeah. It has a beautiful fragility to it. Mm. Not to sound too masturbatory. <laughs> what? No, just you. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like pure worn out after listening to that because it is just such a downer no. of a track. 
It's okay. It's all right. It's nice that I'm not the one giving the downer track for a change. <laughs> I think the first um, time I heard this, I was like in high school. I was still in high school when I started listening to My Bloody Valentine. Got really into yeah. shoegaze. Yeah, I think I was like in fifth year of high school, and the, yeah, this was it blew my mind at the time. Before this, I was only in the bands like Queens of Stone Age and Green Day. Yeah. And Faith No More. I suppose Faith No More have some like heavy tracks, but none of them are feel real. You know what I mean? I feel like noise rock and heavy are very different things, though. Yeah, this feels grounded, whereas you know, like a lot of the kind of Faith No More stuff feels surrealist. This feels very yeah rooted in realism and probably you know written from actual experiences yeah there's something quite ethereal about it though oh yeah it does it does feel kind of ghostly yeah very much so not in the way that tom Waits sounds like a haunted comb but (laughs) in the way that it just sounds not of this earth Mm. but maybe that's part of the distance to it as well yeah no i agree what did you feel about the track it's good (laughs) <laughs> another one of those no I liked it I like my, I like my bloody valentine I'm more into loveless but that's just because it's what I know kind of thing it's not any personal preference kind of thing but I do I, I do like my bloody valentine I do like this song I'll probably listen to it when I'm depressed yeah, yeah it's a good recommendation so, it's a good depression song 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 love to be depressed this is the reason where we don't have a Spotify playlist this week because none of my bloody Valentine stuff is on Spotify. Well, there's three songs. Oh well. YouTube will. I thought it's because we were lazy. No, 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 none of that. Shall we move on to something slightly less depressing? No. This is still depressing, but it's in a not good as way. depressing. <laughs> no, but it's nice and angry, right, Jamie? I will see you in eleven minutes because we are about to listen to "Lightheaded" by Mogwai. Come back, come back from your 12 minute dream state of listening to Mogwai. Can you imagine trying to sleep listening to that though? I think I could though, because I completely zone out. It happened when we saw them live, right? So we went to go see them at least theatre. Which was amazing. A fucking amazing gig. But they played this. And, you know, you know, it's quite quiet for the build for a lot of that song before the big screaming distortion bit comes in. And, like, we're watching them play, and when you see Mogwai, you zone out a wee bit. I think that's part of it. I think it helped we were in seats as well, so we're, like, chilling out. And then I saw the boy hit the pedal. I knew what was coming. I knew the big distorted bit was coming. And when it actually happened, we both fucking shat ourselves. Absolutely shat my pants. I don't think I've ever heard anything that loud in my entire fucking life. Never in my life. It was, like, actually scarily loud. I thought the roof was going to come off the building. I I genuinely thought they were going to at least put a window out. Oh, yeah. With the sound pressure. It was incredible. Like, completely, that transcended that gig for me. Because it happened again later. Like, at the next drop, I was like, fucking hell. It was unrelenting. Like, literally two weeks ago, I described this exact thing to my friend Owen. And then I put on, I was like, listen to the track. And I put it on while we were chatting on Discord. And then... He, like we both I think completely forgot about it and he fucking shat himself when <laughs> that <laughs> drop kicked in beautiful it's just such a great song though it is and it feels hellish mm, it does it, it feels like being kicked to death I love that build and then that fucking the bends at the fucking release is just so good that... 
That's, that's my impression of it. I hope it's you enjoyed really good, that. Jamie. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't imagine a reality that exists and not being able to headbang to that song. Yeah, because Mogwai aren't really that heavy a band anymore. They have their moments. They have their moments. But specifically, Young Team is a heavy oh. as fuck album. And I love it for that. I love it. It's my favourite Mogwai album. It really is. I yeah, wish... mine too. I do like Mr. Beast as well, to be fair. I like this and I like Come On Die Young. Yes. I just like Mogwai. Mogwai are great. I also like their most recent stuff as well. Like everything they do and they've evolved really well over the years. I just wish they had the rights to this album so they could re-release it. Yeah, I get that. This in an instant. They put out uh, 10 Rapid last year on vinyl. Yeah. And immediately grabbed that. I just got Mr Beast for Record Store Day as well. Nice. Which was great. It's funny, the first time I ever heard Mogwai was in... Have you ever played that game, Spec Ops The Line? I've watched you play it. So, it's a, it's a kind of... It's a shooter, but then it has all this clever elements where it actually is a twist that you're villainous as fuck and it's a whole deconstruction of modern military shooting games. Yes. And basically makes you feel terrible for everything you've done in the game. Mm-hmm. But it ends with Are You Still Into It by Mogwai. Alright, okay. And that was one of the first times I ever heard Mogwai. And I was like, holy okay. shit. That's quite a tune to end on. I guess it's apt as well. Are you still yeah. into the war game now that you know that you've been vile for the entire time? Are you still into yeah, these I mean... pornographic pieces of propaganda to make you feel fine about the Gulf War? Like... I think Aiden Moffat was just kind of talking about shagging in that song, but yeah, absolutely. But it works, though. Yeah. But the whole album has an, a really strong, I've said this like millions of times, aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. And Lake Herod is pure hellish and I fucking yes. love it. Oh, I love it. It's kind of uncomfortable at points, isn't it? Hi, And it is a wall of sound. When that fucking drop hits you, fuck mm. me. It hurts. It feels like it is a journey of a song as well, because it is very long. Oh, yeah. And I'll be honest, listeners, I did dissuade Katie from picking Mogwai for your Satan, which is 16 minutes, so you're welcome. Nobody feels welcome, Jamie. Mogwai for Satan's a fantastic song as well, but thank you. Like Herod's a better song. Oh wow! Okay, so this is just like your opinion podcast now. I mean, you agreed to this yeah. earlier as well. I agree to a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> I agree with them. I think it literally means that though. You are you my lawyer? You don't know me. Aye, <laughs> Mogwai repeatedly put out great music. They're fantastic live. Yes, as well. they really are. Again, the old adage about how lyrics are just a trick to get you to listen to the music applies here. You don't need the lyrics for this. No, you don't. Mogwai still do good songs with lyrics, though. Oh, yeah, and I like that they don't always use lyrics. They just use them when it works. When they feel like it. When they can be bothered. Mm. I feel that. The only real track of lyrics on this album is Are You Still Into It, right? That's the only one with like a traditional vocal line. There's like yes. there's like samples and stuff and other tracks and Wait. little spoken passages as well. Yeah. No, I think it is the only one with lyrics. Like, there's others that really have spoken passages, but it's the only one that's, like, traditionally songy. And that's because they've got yeah. Aiden Moffat going, like, are you still into it? With the top. Because I'm still into it. Doing his usual drone. I fucking love Aiden Moffat, though. I, I, I'm a big fan. Oh, wait, Tracy's on this album, too. Yeah, that doesn't have any lyrics. Oh, I'm getting confused again. Oh, <laughs> no. It has the bit at the <laughs> end where they talk about having a punch-up in the mixing room <laughs> but yeah. that's it uh, I'm not clever but at least I'm pretty you know it's alright it's alright Tracy's probably my favourite song on the album 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Nice. Please, Mogwai, find out how to re-release Young Team. Work that the fuck out. So I want it on vinyl, and I don't want to pay two hundred pounds for it. So I would like that. I would like that too, because I can't afford to constantly pay for an expensive vinyl. To kick things back up a notch, energy-wise. Next up, we've got Moat by Sonic Youth. Classic Sonic Youth right there. Yes. Moat off of their seminal album, Goo. Can't believe I just used the words seminal and goo in the same sentence. Because <laughs> I can't resist a dick joke, apparently. Absolutely not. I like Sonic Youth. Uh, I do have my issues mm-hmm. with them. I've seen Thurston Moore lie. I wasn't a big fan. But then I have Tinnitus. And part of is the way he does wall sound is he uses a lot of feedback noise from guitars mm-hmm. in the production. And it's very screechy. And I think that contributes to his kind of noise music production. As a kind of traditional songy section. And then it just kind of descends into screeching guitars and wild mm. drum patterns and stuff. This is one of the few Sonic Youth songs that are sung by Lee Ronaldo. He did this on Goo and he did Wish Fulfillment on Dirty. A couple other tracks as well. I think he's probably my favourite Sonic Youth vocalist. Him or First and Moore. I like Kim Gordon too, but yeah, what can you do? So Casey, what do you think of that? I think it reminds me of an article that I saw recently, Jamie, and I would like to read you the headline of it. What was the article? <laughs> the article was from a Primo music magazine and its headline is... How to tell if you like Sonic Youth or just like telling people you like Sonic Youth. <laughs> so do you yeah, not like Sonic that. Youth? I don't like Sonic Youth. I don't get Sonic Youth. And everything I hear about Sonic Youth makes me like them less. I really enjoy three of their albums. I haven't actually given the rest of their stuff a listen. I've only heard like their three big albums, Daydream Nation, Goo and Dirty. Yeah. I absolutely adore Dirty. Goo, I think, is good, but not amazing. And the same with Daydream Nation. I think I held them more in reverence because I got into them. They were uh, just after I got into My Bloody Valentine and they were like one of my early kind of noise rocky bands. Right, okay. So like I hadn't listened to the Pixies at that point and I hadn't listened to like, you know, other bands of that scene at the time. But Thurston Moore as a guitarist is a genius. The man writes Mm. some incredible pieces of music. Okay. His riffs are really interesting and intricate. Okay. And yeah, his production is just insane. I suppose you could, you know, mm. the production was him, Ronaldo, and Kim Gordon as well. So, what did you find off-putting about that? Oh, I don't know. See, it's difficult because I'm. I feel like I kind of have the opposite problem of that article. What's headline? I just read out. Mm. It's like, do I not like Sonic Youth, or do I not like Sonic Youth because everyone thinks they're hot shit? Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I'm not wild on them. I've never really sat down and thought. Oh, I'd really like to listen to Sonic Youth right now. I just, if I wanted to listen to noise rock and enjoy it, I would listen to My Bloody Valentine. See, I always found time to chuck on either Goo or Dirty. And honestly, actually, in work, I get away with chucking on like uh, Teenage Riot or that because it has more of a punk influence than My Bloody Valentine does. But it has the shoegaze aspects of it too. And I mean, that's what I enjoy about Sonic Youth. Yeah. So it's the kind of acceptable edge of punk. Where I can get away with, like, chucking on Here Comes Your Man by the Pixies. Or Teenage Riot by Sonic Youth, which is on the edge. But I can't get away with Gouge Away by the Pixies. Or, like... Okay. Or anything, like, slightly heavy. Mm. See, I think that's an issue with your work. (laughs) 
I don't know what it is about Sonic Youth. I've just never been able to get into them. I've never really, like as I have, I've tried to listen to Goo, I've tried to listen to Daydream Nation. I just don't particularly enjoy them. Hmm. And I don't know what it is, but I've just never been a big Sonic Youth person. So I'm sorry, Thurston Moore. I hear you're devastated. <laughs> so I, yeah, like I said earlier, I've seen Thurston Moore at the art yes. school with Holly, I think. My friend Holly. Mm-hmm. And neither of us were that impressed. He... He has his presence live. The drummer from Sonic Youth was also there that night. He was playing drums for Thurston Moore at that point in time. I think he still is. But obviously it wasn't Sonic Youth because there was no Lee Ronaldo or Kim Gordon. And yeah, I didn't have a great time because I have tinnitus and he uses a lot of feedback and the art school doesn't have particularly good sound. This is the new art school. Also, weird thing, every time I go to the art school bar I rip my trousers or my jeans. I don't know why yeah. it happens. They rip in the same place. It's happened three times now. And like, the first time it happened, I was like, oh, fuck, I've ripped my jeans. And then the second time, I went back for that Sonic Youth gig, and I was like, haha, last time I was here, I ripped my jeans. Wonder if that's going to happen again. Yeah, it fucking did. Third time, I was just like, oh, God. Like, I, I don't know if I want to go here. Every time I go here, my jeans rip, and then I fucking again. It happened. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's somebody who follows me about with a pair of scissors in there. So there's that boy oh. we're gonna fucking rip the inseam of his fucking jeans. Did it rip on your bum? No, no, no. It was like in our upper thigh. It was such a w- uh-huh. weird place to rip. Right. As well. It's not even like the crotch or anything. It's like upper thigh. That's that is weird. So yeah, fuck you, art school bar. And that was like the difference. That like the first two times I went to the art school was the old bar, then the new one. So it, it mm-hmm. followed me through buildings. Right. Okay. So don't go to the art school unless you want ripped jeans. Fun fact. Fun fact. But I, I like this stuff in studio. Because mm-hmm. my ears can take it when I'm not having to hear it hit off walls and be very yeah. loud. Yeah. And that song uses dissonance really well to make the melody more pronounced and a bit more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Our last song of the week, Katie, is your pick. Oh, man. Oh, that's that's a lot of pressure, Jamie. This is the song I'm least confident with. <laughs> oh, but right. I think it's... I think it's just a good song, so let's just let's just I say we just fucking go for it, Jamie. Let's do it. This I like trains with a root house for Bobby. <laughs> Okay, so my confidence is taking a big hit with this choice. <laughs> well, I was like, how the fuck is this noise rock until it kicked in at the end? And I was like, oh, I can see why. That's T- why I picked it. Takes a minute to build into it, but yeah, no, I totally get that. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, prices really... averted. All right, that's the first time I've ever heard that, and I really dug it. I like trains are really, really good, despite the fact that they have a terrible band name. So that coming from their first, I think it's an EP, I'm not sure, it's called Progress Reform. So that song is about Bobby Fisher, the chess player. Okay. They also have a song for R.F. Scott, the, the, the uh, Antar- Polar Explorer. Yeah, I was going to say the Antarctic yeah. Explorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they have one about the Beaching Report. Okay. So they're a really interesting band. They write really interesting songs and nobody likes I Like Trains. I like I Like Trains. I feel like we should like I Like Trains. They're good. Hmm. I think my biggest problem um, was the boy's voice, if I'm being honest. It was alright, but it did sound like he was I trying like to do... I don't know, it just sounded like a less good version of the boy than the editors to me, okay. if I'm being honest. Mm. I really liked the music, but I think that was the weakest point for me. I liked the right, lyrics okay. as well. It was just his mm-hmm. actual voice. Right, okay. Yeah, I really like it. I liked the trumpet. I noticed there was a trumpet. 
there was a wee trumpet. We trumpet doing some backing chords, subtly, Absolutely. to build that wall. Yes, just a wee bit of trumpet in there, just to really liven up the day. Well, it makes a nice change from all the tremolo guitars. I mean, there's still plenty of tremolo-picked guitars in there, because that seems to be the old standover of head noise music, mm. is droning tremolo guitars. Yeah. But yeah, no, it works really well together. Yeah, I just, I think it's a, a really good bit of music. I think I like trains are really good, and I really like the way it builds into the wall. Mm. And like, the pieces start to assemble. You've got that last kind of 30 seconds of like, crashing music. It gives me big Interpol vibes, for the way it yeah, builds. Yeah, I, I get why you'd say that, yeah. It's maybe partially the vocals in that as well, because he does sound like mm. he's doing a kind of editor's Interpol thing with his voice, but... Yeah, I get that. You know, post-punk. Yeah, all my picks are just post-punk, Jamie. I just, I've so, like, I've misunderstood the assignment. I don't think you have. <laughs> Stop undermining the episode, Katie, for 50 minutes in or whatever. I'm not, I'm not undermining the episode. I'm undermining myself, Jamie. <laughs> Stop it. huge difference, Stop Jamie. it. And Believe in not, yourself. If I'm not self-deprecating, I die. No, I like that. That's actually going to go on my playlist. Yay! Please listen to I Like Trains, Jamie. I think mm. you would really like them. I make half these playlists to see if I can get some new tracks to listen to. Um, off and of you know, all you have to do, yeah, all you have to do is ask me, like, Katie, can you recommend me a song? Then I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Here, smell your dick. I showed you that. <laughs> I showed you that. How the tables How dare you suggest that you showed me smell your dick? End of the <laughs> podcast. I'm fucking. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what to say. Like, it's a great song. It features a wall of noise. Hence, its inclusion um, on the podcast. Yep. It's about chess. Yeah, I don't know what a rook house is. I know what a rook is. I know what a house is, but I don't know what a rook house is. Yep. I know Bobby is Bobby Fisher. I don't know what a rook house is either. So. Right. Well, do you know what? That's something we could Google, but we are not going to do that. No research. In the interest. Fuck that. Exactly, exactly. If it's not on Wikipedia, we don't know it, right? Exactly. I don't even play chess. I've played chess once, technically twice. The first time I, I didn't win, but I drew because the other person kind of shat it and right. stalemated she's, themselves. She's talking about me as in I, I accidentally fucking stalemated our first game. Thank you. So 51 classic games on the Nintendo Switch. So technically, I'm not that bad at chess. You were doing good for your first couple games. I don't know if you were building a rook house for Bobby. I wish Bobby Fisher was here to explain to me what a rook house is, but I don't know. So that's all for this episode of 8-Tracks. Tell us your picks for the wall of noise in the comments of the video. Next week, we are covering dynamite samples. Let us know your picks on Twitter. Yes. Until then, stay safe and have a good week. Wash your hands, tell your mum you love her. Bye.